It's the Super 90s Brothers! Idle hands are the devil's playground. Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, Ow! where we do hazy memory riffs of the most cracking decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about idle hands. Ow! It's Halloween time, Adam, so we we wanted to keep the theme going with uh, you know horror classics. I mean, we started with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and now we're on to another classic uh, horror movie that's really scary, Idle Hands. The words classic and scary may not directly apply, but I sure like Idle Hands. That's, I, I, I mean, I like it. I I actually found this on streaming. You can go actually stream this movie right now on Pluto TV, which Pluto TV, if you don't know, is free to everyone. Um, and you can watch it with limit. Like there's some commercials that throughout, but it's not like bothersome or anything um but yeah here we pluto are is, pluto is king of like old obscure horror movies that you can find is it really hmm. that's yeah, good, to, good me to, and my sister love pluto good to know you can also just watch a, a channel of mtv dating shows from like the 90s and like early 2000s which is really cringeworthy oh i bet single out um so anyways how are you doing buddy um I'm, it's been a busy day it's raining in california for the first time in about four years Ooh. So that's a little uh, disorienting, but um, otherwise doing good. How are you? Doing great. Sunny here in Spokane and uh, getting ready to for this this holiday Halloween season, um, what have you. Are you a I, big Halloween guy? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I like doing like the, the typical Spokane Halloween things like going up the Green Bluff. You know, now that I have kids, we obviously do trick-or-treating and things like that. But I'm not like, it's not like one of those holidays that like I'm looking forward to every year. Ooh, it is my it's my wife's favorite holiday and it's my second favorite holiday. So oh. I would say it's it's probably the number one holiday in our household. Yeah, you you do a lot of things on Halloween and you typically go to like some type of hor- like you've gone to like Universal Studios, right? On that during Halloween yeah, yeah. and things like so, that. So this last weekend, Jill and I flew to LA to meet my sister and we did we went to uh, Knott's Berry Farms during the day mm. and then Knott's Scary Farms at night. Ooh. And Knott's Berry Farms during the day was way better. Knott's Scary Farms was a joke. There was like 30,000 teenagers there at a park that can comfortably fit 10,000. Oh, my gosh. It was insane. That was insane. You couldn't even, we rode two rides during the, and we left. My sister and I left. It was like, you, we were in line forever to do, it was like, it was, it was a joke. Don't go to Knott's Scary Farms without the Fast Pass. And I, I buy the Fast Pass. Don't get me wrong. I'll fucking buy it. They sold out. They wouldn't sell it to me. Wow. That sounds like a nightmare. It was. It was awful. <laughs> um, well, it was scary in all the wrong ways. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited to do this. But before we get into that, Adam, tell everybody where they can find us and all that stuff. 
Well, really what you guys need to be doing is giving us those five-star reviews on iTunes, Apple Music. Um, Brent and I are pushing for our goal of 8 million, and we're not quite there yet, which is why we need your help. Um, we're like in the high 50s, so quite a ways to go. So that's why all of you should get on and give us those five-star reviews. Um, you can check us out at, at Super 90s Brothers on Twitter. Brennan, Brennan is at Spokast Pods with a K. I'm at adampitzler.com. You can check out my work and my writing. And you can email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out. Email us a show topic you want to do. Email us some uh, positive or negative feedback about the show. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. We love, love hearing from our, from our listeners. It's, it's always nice. And it, it, literally, if you do email us and tell us what you want to like us to do a show on, we will probably do it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. If we can do it, we will. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to get into this handsy movie. It is handsy. Good, <laughs> good verb, uh, adjective. So, Let's see. The, the, so this movie debuted in April 30th, 1999. So let me set the scene for you guys all for a minute. I want you to travel back in time. Picture yourself. It's April 1999. You're in your family's old car and you're on the way to the movies. And the radio starts. There it is. That was Livin' La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. Wow. That's a that's a blast from the past, isn't it? So that was the number eight song in the U.S. at the time this movie was released. Kind of a weak-ass top ten, if I'm being honest. There was like uh, Shares Believe on there and a bunch mm. of other shit I didn't recognize. Um, and a lot of R&B for Brennan that I skipped. Um, so yeah, Livin' La Vida Loca. I remember thinking the song was... I don't know. It wasn't like it was, I was a fan, but it was, I don't know. It was kind of fun, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was, I don't, it was a fun song. You hear, if you were listening to the radio and you know, at this time, like you were hearing this song probably like every like 30 minutes, uh, it was everywhere. Uh, Ricky Martin was like larger than he was like, he was just really popular at this time. Um, and yeah, it was just a fun song. I don't know. I can't really like talk shit about it or be like say anything terrible disparaging about it um but yeah it was you know it wasn't a like a song or like cd that i owned though like i wasn't like all in on ricky martin and living la vida loca it was just one of those songs that i just like yeah i bopped to I, it is surprising though like the first song we played in this when we brought it in was um offspring and i was like super into offspring at this time like it was like the one time in my life where i was like really getting more like i got into alternative in 1999 uh, and really into like the offspring. So yeah, offspring was like my favorite band for a long stretch of time. Back to living La Vida Loca. Yeah. If I, I mean, this was before Ricky Martin came out, right? Yes. Yeah. It's very, very like, like 10 years probably before he came out. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing that's kind of funny about this song is he's, he's singing about like how crazy it is being with like this crazy girl. Mm. Yeah. But he, 
it's probably all about a crazy guy, right? I mean, he. I think it's very, yeah, I think you, it's very fluid for the song. It could be about a guy, like, I think he uses she and stuff like that, but, like, it could be he. And, like, yeah, I don't want to say that he's never been in a relationship to write a song like this about. He probably has. He just made it a hetero relationship for the sake of selling the song. Exactly. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then, which like, is a set, which is like kind of a sad state on 1999 politics. Yeah. And, and gay men love women, crazy women, don't they? Like, I, like, they're all, oh, yeah, they're yeah. their biggest fans. Exactly. So, I mean, like, he could just be singing this song about this girl that's on the dance floor, like, that he's dancing with. It doesn't have to be about uh, anything other than that. So, <laughs> it kind of seemed like it was about a girlfriend. But it I, it I, definitely I is. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing that's kind of funny to me about this song is that, well, you've never really been with a crazy girl. Now, you've been with crazy men, probably. Right. Or maybe he was. Maybe, maybe he went. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I guess I don't know. I, I'm not um, sure about his love life. Yeah, I don't. I haven't. I haven't interviewed every single person he's ever dated, like I should have in, in preparation for this podcast. Yeah, I tried. No one responded on Twitter to my open-ended invitation to my 50 followers. <laughs> so, uh, this, I'll tell you, this song has 378 million views on its official YouTube video as of today. Wow, that's a lot of views. It is. It's. A, like, I mean, yeah, people. I I honestly think people just like go on. YouTube and just like find all their favorite old songs from the nineties and just like relive them because it, they're so cringeworthy. Um, I've gone back and like watched a bunch of videos like Backstreet Boys and like NSYNC and they're awful. Like they're just like some of the weirdest videos in the world. Hmm. So conversely, I love like late eighties independently filmed rock and roll videos that Mm -hmm. are like trying to be, mythical and dark and they've got dudes with swords and they've got trolls but it's like bad makeup and bad lighting and bad like fog machines i love those they're i mean they're they're fucking hokey but i just think they're so funny yeah i i I do miss the days of like video like watching music videos like i think that was a really a really good time in my life it was a 90s thing it was definitely 90s brothers yes that's yeah that's what we're all about um yeah, and that's that's enough about Ricky Martin because today we're talking about somebody else, another popular sex symbol to the ladies, Devin Sawa in Idle Hands. Ow. Yes, I'm I'm really excited for this podcast. I actually, my impressions of it, I don't think I ever saw this movie. Did you ever see this movie in the theater? Or no, in the theater? The theater. And I never, I, I never saw this movie in the theater. No, I did not, but. My buddy Rhett, Rhett Estrick, rented it as soon as it came out on Hollywood Video or whatever. We saw it, like, the week it came out on video. Mm. He rented it and, like, invited me over, and I remember watching it with him. Yeah. Uh, what, were your, what were your impressions of it when you saw it? Well, I thought it was fun. Like, I think the first thing I'd say is that was a fun movie. There was a lot of – I love the tone of these kind of movies. It never gets too heavy. It never takes itself too seriously. There's – humor but it's there's also like some gory ass shit and there's violence um the the three the three main guys like devin sawa and uh seth green and the kid from mighty ducks like those three guys are like solid i think their interplay between each other through the whole movie is fun and funny and they're just entertaining it's an overall entertaining movie now i saw this when i was like 1999 what were we 15 we were freshmen in high school yeah, so I was 15, maybe I was 16 by the time it came out on video. So mm-hmm. I, the other thing I can definitely remember saying is, 
holy shit, Jessica Alba looks amazing. Like I was, I was, I had been crushing on Alba since like a little, I was much younger because she was like the, the evil popular girl in secret world of Alex Mack Mm. in like the pilot episode. And I had like thought Jessica Alba was like one of my like dream crushes since then. And when I saw her again in this movie, all those years later, I was like, Oh my God. And she became like my number one. Like, if you would have asked me, like, who would I, who's my dream girl between ages like, you know, 14 and whenever I met my wife, I probably would have said Jessica Alba. Yeah, we, she was like, this was like, I mean, Never Been Catched With Kid came out and like, yeah, she wasn't, I, I mean, I didn't, this was like her coming out, right? Like, this is like, I know that she was like in Camp Nowhere and like a couple other things. She wasn't really in Camp Nowhere. Was she not? She- I well, feel like she was, but she doesn't get like any screen time. Gotcha. Anyways, this is when ever like all guys just like started falling in love with her. I mean, I, she's she's very and she's I mean and she's strangely sexualized in this movie. Like she's very over sexualized. Looking back on it, this thirty seven year old dude when I watched it, I go, man, this girl's kind of like she's just a total hoe to this guy who's being a weird ass creeper to her. Yeah, and strangely, she was like, she was born in 1981. This movie came out in 1999, so it was probably filmed in 98. So like, she was literally 18, and like, I that makes me feel that that was making me feel uncomfortable when I was rewatching it. Um, oh yeah, when I watch it now, I'm not like, you know, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're, um, we're normal, well-adjusted men, exactly. Wives, I mean, but you know, we at the time we were 15. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't say when I first saw this movie, it never really struck me. Like I, in high school, when I was, I was, uh, I was not a stoner. I did not, I did not care for stoner comedies that much. And yeah, this movie just didn't really do anything for me. I probably watched it with my, my, I probably watched it with my dad. (laughs) So, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the, the characters and all the, oh, not the characters. Brennan's bad synopsis. Well, let's do it, Adam. Let's do Brennan's bad synopsis. I'm I just watched this movie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do a terrible job at trying to explain this movie. We're counting on it. Basically, the plot of the movie is Devin Sawa is a stoner. He, yeah, he's a stoner. That's that's the that's the premise of the movie. He's a stoner, and but the way the movie sh- kicks off is that his parents are just in the house and they hear all these sounds come in and they're like, what's going on? And they, his mom's getting kind of scared. His dad goes and like investigates and he doesn't come back. And then, but they also see like a, a, a writing on the wall. It says, look, look under the bed or don't look under the bed is what it said. And they look under the bed, nothing's there. All this happens. And then all of a sudden they get killed by a mysterious figure. And, day or two i guess like devin saw was like i don't know where my parents are but he's also like just really getting stoned and like with his he's smoking out of his inhaler and then he like and they really set the 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 story with him being very lazy like he doesn't he just sits around and smokes pot and relies on his parents and he's running out of food, cereal, milk, whatever. And he's running out of pot. So he calls his friend, um, Seth Green, whoever his character's name is. And, and then he's like, I've ran, okay, can you get me a dime bag? And he's just like, come over to my house. He's like, oh, I don't want to move. And literally his friend's house is literally across the street. Um, anyways, I don't want to give you, I'm not going to go. That's just setting up the story of how lazy his character is, Devin Salas. Um, but in this town that he lives in, there's, 
people getting murdered. Like there is a serial killer on the loose in this small town. There's a curfew for, for all the all the kids, so they can't stay out past a certain time. And you know everything's really heightened. Um, <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out where to go next. Basically, what happens is that he finds out that his parents are dead, and then he also finds out that he has a like a, a possessed hand. That's I mean that's the point of this movie. He has a possessed hand, and his hand is like try, is trying to kill everyone, trying to kill his friends, which he ends up killing Seth Green and Fulton, and he kills multiple other people. Uh, meanwhile, like cut to like Vivica A. Fox, she plays like a weird priestess, I would say. That's demon like hunter? Demon hunter. She's trying to like, she's like going from town to town because this demon is like going from a different place, different places and like on the West Coast. And then she finds out that it everywhere it's going is creating this like uh, devil star. I don't know what you call pentagram. that. A pentagram. Thank you. And so she finds out that she, the, the demon is now in this small town in California. She goes there and all this shit starts happening and, Devin Sawa kills p- the police officers that come over and check the house for his dead parents, I think. And that's, I mean, I'm really butchering this story. Like it's, it's about a hand that is possessed and then he ends up cutting it off. And then even more hilarity ensues and people get killed in really weird ways. And uh, yeah. And they end up Vivica, a Fox ends up killing the hand. Um, and, and then Devin Sawa gets the girl, but then, gets in the hospital because his friends lower the car on him and then he's in the hospital and then they become guardian angels and then that's it. I don't really know. Let me, a- let me let me restate that just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Devin Sawa has an evil hand that he can't control that murders people. Then he cuts it off and the hand continues murdering people and they have to fight the hand. Wow, that's a lot better. I wanted to set up how lazy he was. That was one thing I really got from him is how lazy he is. He didn't even change his clothes in the movie. He didn't even have pants on. Yeah. He like, was like walking to his friend's house in his boxer shorts. Yeah, he's wearing Seth Green's pants, which I imagine probably shouldn't fit him because Seth Green is like 5'3". Yeah, really. <laughs> but in the 90s, everybody wore pants that were way too big for them, so maybe. Uh, that was really bad. I'm glad I lived up to my uh, to the name of this segment. Yeah, it, it was bad. It wasn't long bad, which are the really, really bad ones. Yeah. Your long bad I, st- I started out by like wanting to explain every scene in the movie, though. Yeah, so. you did. And that's that's usually when I know it's going the wrong way. Because <laughs> you start focusing too much on an individual scene. But anyway, no, that's 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 the gist of it. Devon Sawa has an evil hand. Uh, Devon Sawa's, at this point, been in Little Giants. I think he was in Final Destination that same year or so. And then the movie Slackers a few years later, which Brennan likes. Oh, Brennan I love Slackers. I love yeah, Slackers. I he's, he's basically playing the same character in Slackers. I was like, is is this is like a prequel to Slackers? Yeah, he's a lazy stoner with no ambition. And that's why the, the demon gets in his hand. Because as the tagline was, idle hands are the devil's playground. And that's sort of the theme. That it's like, if you don't keep yourself busy, the, the original sin is going to take over. Yeah. And in this way, in a very tangible way. Yeah. That's that's Devin Sawa in a nutshell. So we've got one clip from Devin kind of explaining his predicament. It's not me. It's my hand. It's like, it's like I have no control over my hand. Ah! I know 
much longer I can hold it. Run! I will! Get out of my way! Just go! It's gonna be okay, Anton. I'm not gonna do it, but I swear. Everything's gonna be cool, man. Everything's gonna be... Uh, that is probably my favorite kill in the movie. Um, is when he like this takes a uh, a, a rotary saw, saw blade and just like throws it like a frisbee at his friend running up the stairs, and then he like loses his head. Um, yeah, the circular saw blade. Yeah, in in the movie Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger like breaks into a tool tool shed at one point, and he grabs like like two of those with one hand, and he throws them like a frisbee, and they hit two like like South American like criminal guys in the head and kills them both. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm also a fan of circular saw blade Frisbee deaths. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's basically, I mean, Devin Sawa has no, like his character Anton is, yeah, is um really, really, he, he start like, and I, so he ends up killing his parents too, which is also very, I didn't see, like when I was watching it's like well I didn't see that coming I thought like maybe like his hand got possessed after that but like but the weird thing is like he wasn't conscious when he did his killed his parents which was really I the whole setup for that was strange to me um but let's get into the to the friends um Mick and Peanut played by Seth Green and Eldon Hansen obviously we all know who Seth Green is he is in can't buy me love, which is a kind of throwaway, but like Buffy, Austin Powers, he's one of the co-creators of Robot Chicken, and everyone. I mean, I don't can't say everyone, but like people our age know who Seth Green is. Is it Peanub or Nub? It's Peanub. Okay, you just or maybe it, or maybe it is Nub, and I'm just the P silent. I don't know actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember them calling him Peanub. I thought they just called him Nub, but it doesn't really matter. That the two sense. stoner friends, Seth Green and Fulton Reed. Um, El- Eldon Henson is, you know, we keep on calling Fulton. That's, that's what he's most famous for is Mighty Ducks character. Um, he's also in butterfly effect with, uh, Ashton Kutcher and then, and she, and he's in, she's all that. Oh, was he like the friend? I don't know. I just saw it in the IMDb. I don't watch fucking she's all that. Come on. <laughs> I saw, th- oh my God, that's another story. Um, yeah, they I mean, they're a great little comedy duo duo in this and the way they get killed um, and the way they use that in the movie is hilarious because Seth Green gets killed by Devin Sawa with a a beer bottle. He breaks it over a counter and then like shoves it into his head. Um, and I thought that was, uh, I don't know. The, the two kills for like the friends are great. And like the way they, they come back as zombies is really makes the the comedy of this movie really, I think, work out well. Like if it was just Devin Sawa the whole movie and didn't he didn't have these two, like it wouldn't have been that funny of a movie. Um, yeah, I agree. Anton's evil hand kills his buddies and they decide to hang out as zombies rather than go to the afterlife. And we've got a fun explanation of why. Hell, duh. We're not bad. It's not like we're good or anything, but at least you don't go around killing people. Yeah, hey, I didn't kill anybody on purpose, okay? Yeah, well, we weren't in hell. I mean, there was this big, bright white light at the end of a long tunnel, right? And there were all these chicks' voices and that music. Music? Yeah, kind of uncool music, like Enya. And these chicks' voices, they were saying, Come to us, come towards the light. <laughs> so what happened? Oh, we figured, fuck it. I mean, it was really far. <laughs> 
heaven was too far to walk. Um, and yeah, so they come back as like conscious zombies. Um, and he like, and like Anton like buries them in the backyard and then they like rise from the dead. But like in, and when they rise from the dead, like they're like, you can hear them talk, like talking. And it, it was really, I thought it was pretty clever. What else you got with, with Mick and Pina, Adam? Uh, that's about it. I mean, they're they're stoners. They're there for fun physical comedy. They did some clever stuff with Eldon's severed head. Um, Seth Green was more like a verbal jokester, but there was this funny thing they did with like El- Eldon's severed head where at one point he's like the vice to to chop the hand off. Like like Anton Devonsaw was trying to like cut his hand off and the hand keeps moving. So Sawa puts his hand in fulton's mouth as like a vice grip and fulton bites down to hold his hand while he chops it off that was that was funny and there was another part where like seth green shoves a meat fork into the zombie head and then like sticks the zombie head on the zombie body and duck tapes the duck duck tapes the neck and the dude's eating burrito and burritos coming out through the seams and like i don't know (laughs) yeah really original stuff like i not all of it was like home run funny but it was all original i really loved how they treated uh his head in the beginning like because like he didn't put it right they didn't put it right back on his head he was just like carrying it around sometimes it was upside down like there's a scene where they're like they're just they're like sitting around hanging out and like he's just like talking and his head's upside down in his lap but then obviously they they put his head back on i mean i think they do that so they can like they can go out and go to like this go to the dance but like I really like how they, how they, what they did with that. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, that was funny. The, the, you said it, the, the two zombies really made this humor work. Yeah. Well, let's get into the, the rest of the cast. So obviously there's Jessica Alba the, and she's, Ow. and she's just the, the basic, you know, hot girl next door who plays a bass guitar and writes in a notebook. And I don't, they she don't really, really bad lyrics too. <laughs> and, uh, they don't really do. I don't think they do much with that. It is just. I. I think it was just a way to. I don't to make her seem a little bit edgy. Yeah. She, yeah. Her character is really unbelievable. Yeah. Like it's just none of it feels like. Like no one fucking acts like that. This dude. This dude is like pretty much perving on you outside at night, and he's like covered in blood, and uh, he's wearing his retainer and he's wearing like boxer shorts, and she's like into it. She like invites him inside and he like slaps her ass like really hard and inappropriately. And she's like, I'm impressed. Like, like who writes that? Well, that that's we have that drop right here. So let's listen to it real quick. I should not be here, Molly. Safer in here than on the streets. Don't you know there's a killer out there? That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm dangerous. Oh, yeah. How dangerous. I'm not kidding. I've done stuff, you know? (laughs) I'm impressed. I never would have thought you'd have the balls to just grab me like that. That's so stupid. <laughs> maybe, maybe Jessica Alba is just like really, like that character. Maybe she's just really sexually oppressed, repressed, uh, and and like she's this really horny teenage girl. Who knows? I don't. I mean, they're, they're yeah. There's so few guys willing to spend yeah. energy on Jessica Alba. Yeah, like 
she would be the popular, like she plays a popular girl in most of the movies in when she's in high school movies, like she'd be the popular it girl at this high school. She wouldn't be into like Anton, who's like a, a stoner. Maybe, I don't know. Devin saw was kind of cute. I don't know. You uh, like him. I like him. He has him. a little something, something. He has something. And uh, girls like him. Um, yeah, I get it. I, I'm not trying to say that. It's right. just like the whole approach, the the scene set up and the dialogue just feels, it just feels like something a 16-year-old boy would write. Yeah. But that scene is like really like me too-ish. But like, like in her reaction to it is just so, so, yeah, so strange. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel real <laughs> at all. But other than that, I mean, other than that. She, the character's fine. Like, I mean, she's she's the hot, sexy girl that, in damsel in distress that Anton dates and gets to save, and you get to see her in her brawn panties at one point. And yeah. I don't know. It's like he, they're selling tickets to yeah. teenagers. This movie, this movie, is good for teenagers and maybe people in their twenties. But I think once you start getting your thirties, this movie seems kind of dumb. Yeah, I mean, this is made for this is a stoner comedy. Like, this is for people who are showing up at the theater stoned, watching this movie, and like. Yeah, or like even after the fact, like when this movie came out on DVD, people just get like getting really high and then like, what should we watch? Oh, let's watch Idle Hands. Like that's a good stoner movie. But then rest of the casters, uh, this was a really, like I actually didn't even know she was in this movie when I was starting to watch it. And then all of a sudden she like shows up as a, a, a priestess. Like she's like in a, like an, or a nun. She's like in a nun outfit and she's like trying to find where this demon is at. And, uh, but like she leaves this, I don't know if she's at a police station or whatever, but like she like rips it off as she's walking out and it's like, oh, it's Vivica A. Fox and she's playing a hot demon slayer. And her character is this, it's a really odd character. I don't really, like she only comes in the movie like in pieces and like it, it never, I guess it makes sense to like, because they need someone to kill the hand eventually. And they, but I just didn't get her character at all. Yeah, I think you could probably do without her character. I mean, Anton and his friends take care of the hand. She's not really centrally involved in the fight. She she stabs it. At the, she stabs it at the end to kill it. Like they. Yeah, she, but yeah, but they'd already incapacitated it with the hot box. I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't think you really need Vivica Fox. But I don't I don't have a problem with it either. She was you know there's there's oftentimes in a horror movie somebody that knows what's going on and and that's that's her role. Yeah. Other uh, other noteworthy cast m- member is a uh, Jack Noseworthy who plays he plays a I'm not sure if he's the brother of Seth Green but he plays Randy no and he owns a truck and he's just the big truck neighbor yeah he's a big truck yeah he's a truck neighbor and he listens to Motley Crue and he, he drives a big Ford and he always talks about his truck and and it, I think maybe the casting director was trying to go for Little Dick syndrome. He is such a tiny little guy. Jack Noseworthy is like, he's like, he's like the size of a King Charles Cavalier. You just want to pick him up and like carry him around in your purse. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's maybe five foot five on his tiptoes and he's, he's just a dinky little dude driving this giant truck that listens to like death metal. Yeah. And he's like, he's that guy of like the nineties. Like he would, he'd pop up in a ton of movies. You would just be like, Oh, it's, it's that guy. Like you don't really know who he is. He looks like Bon Jovi, which is strange, but he's just, he, he was in a bunch of movies in the nineties. Like I remember his role in the movie breakdown with Kurt Russell and he plays a real asshole in that. Um, which is, I think what I remember him most from, but, uh, yeah, he's just a, he's a weird character. He kind of helped. He kind of teams up with Vivica Fox at so he can drive her around i guess 
I think. Yeah. I don't really he's get immater- it. He's immaterial to the plot too. He um he was in he was like the jerk neighbor kid in the Brady Bunch movie. Mm. And he and he was in U571 as like just one of the sailors. But <laughs> there's this one scene that he has with um Jessica Alba's friend Tanya when they find out that these two dorky fast food twins have been killed and they're at like this they're at this like vigil in front of the fast food restaurant where they worked and this guy Jack knows where they kind of use it as an opportunity to go hit on this chick who's like crying over these two dead dudes did you know them well not really you yeah they were great I just feel really bad you know because I was always so mean to them like this one time they asked me to go out on a double date and I thought they were tards because there's only one of me right so I told them to go blow each other wow did they (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that I did scene always cracks me up. I did not <laughs> catch this scene when I was watching the movie the other night, and then when you had it as like a clip, I watched. It, I was like, "Man, this is this is actually really funny." Does, does he get killed in this movie? Is he one of the? No, no, he he makes it, and then he has sex with Vivica a. Fox at the end. She's like, after every demon gets slurred, time for the ritualistic mating, and she like he's like the only guy nearby, and he's like, "Whoa, mama, it's <laughs> stupid." You you have another guy listed here. I'm not really. I don't even really know his character that well or oh timothy stack yeah timothy stack plays the creepy pervy principal at the end at the at the high school dance and timothy stack is famous for the howard stern show son of the beach Mm. which was this really really funny baywatch parody that used to be on like usa or spike or some like comedy central some channel like that like late at night in the 90s and it was it was all one big Baywatch joke, and Timothy Stack was Notch Johnson, the main guy. Mm. And he's been in a ton of, you'll see him in Seinfeld. And yeah. I, another, like a bit part guy. Yeah. I, when you mentioned, when I looked him up, I was just like, oh, yeah, Son of the Beach. I remember Son of the Beach. Yeah. There's a couple other notable characters that come th- in the movie. I really like the Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen is one of those guys that just appears in all the 90, like Twister. Um, he's kind of nerdy, but yeah, there's like, there's a good, it has a, why do you uh, like Sean Whalen? I don't know. There's something about him. I just like, he, maybe it's cause he's in Twister. I like, I like I his character it. in Twister and then Fred Willard's in it plays the dad that gets killed in the beginning. The mom is played by Connie Ray, who was like in the Torkelsons. If you're, if you remember that show, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, and then a lot of Tom DeLong shows up as when they're at the burger jungle. Uh, that's the same scene where, uh, Jack Northworthy is like meeting that meeting the girl. At the vigil. Um, but yeah, Tom DeLong is famously from Blink-182 for those who don't know. Um, but yeah, a lot of like just random 90s characters that show up throughout this movie. And uh, Dexter Holland from Offspring. Yes. And well, he played, they, he, they're the band, right? At the dance. Yeah, it's it's more than just a cameo though. It's like they wrote him into the movie. Yeah, he and, and he gets, is, does he get scalped? Yeah, the, the, the he... <laughs> Anton shows up and he like takes over the mic. He's like, everyone needs to run away. Somebody there's a hand killing everybody. And then Dexter like takes the mic back. He's like, get out of here, kid or something. And then like the hand drops down from the ceiling and like rips Dexter's like scalp off. And he's like, ah, and he falls down dead. And then like the whole gymnasium goes wild and the hand's killing everybody. And at that time, the hand had done this cool thing where he like stuck his fingers into a pencil sharpener. 
you remember that? And he yeah. made like little little blades out of each fingertip. That was a nice touch. That that was. Well, let's get into our favorite scenes. Um, what what are what are some of your um, what's your favorite? One of your favorite scenes. Well, the first one is that stands out is when Anton is so desperate to smoke weed that he rolls he rolls a joint made out of nutmeg and oregano and he rolls it out of a parking ticket that the that Sean Whalen gave. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked I liked the the fuck the police message in that. <laughs> I like that. Um, and then obviously he hits it. He hits the oregano joint. And it like it fucks him up and he's like coughing and spitting. And it's like, why would you smoke that? But so that was funny. <laughs> well, he, he smokes it because earlier, like, cause he did, is out of weed. Uh, Nub tells him to, why don't you mix it? Or one of the two tells him to like, why don't you do nutmeg and oregano? They, I, I hear you can get a, a little high off them. And then he, obviously you can't one of those things you know he's a stoner he, he needs to get his needs to get his weed and i was like so what's funny about stoner movies like watching 90s stoner movies is that like back in the 90s you just didn't get weed anywhere like you had to go find you had to have a dealer you had to find someone to sell you weed you weren't just like rolling down to the dispensary or the weed store and getting a lot of people still aren't just rolling down to the dispensary or the weed store brennan you live in spokane washington i forget like, i forget that people can't do this everywhere like it is weird when you go out you of can't the even state do it in california like it's legal in california but it's not like it is in spokane in mm -hmm. spokane it's like there's a walmart of weed on every corner yeah literally i mean we're at we have all the weed that we can get like i can just like go to like seven different places within 10 minutes of my house and be like, I want to get something that does this to me. And they're like, take this, try this, try this. And I, yeah. So uh -huh. Brennan, you mentioned the scene where Anton kills his friends. Yes. You like that scene. I love that scene. That scene's great. Like it, he kills his, he, well, and the, they set it up so they can like really play off these, how they get killed. Because like Seth Green gets just killed with a, a beer bottle to the head and then like the beer bottle is in his head the whole time for the rest of the movie when he's a zombie. And then obviously the, we've, I talked enough about nubs, like getting his head chopped off, but like, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun scene of how they do it. And that's, I think that's like the first, that's when you first realize, or when like, he's just learning that his hand is possessed, right? Like his, he finds his parents dead, which is also a really good scene. And, uh, because like the react the reaction to the like the parents being dead is so if my parents if I find my parents dead like I'm upset I'm upset I'm crying I'm that's that's sad but like his response is like trying to get hot get high and like go and mac yeah, on Jessica like, Alba buy me groceries <laughs> right <laughs> but it is a comedy so like I said is why it's like a yeah you don't bit. want to make it too heavy exactly um, so yeah Anton killing his friends is good so I really like the scene where. Anton's friends like like Anton brings his friends over to show him look what I did look at I killed my he didn't say I killed my parents but he's like look at what I did and he points to the living room where there's all this carnage and Seth Green and and Fulton Reed they like instead of noticing the carnage they like walk over to the TV and, and they're like oh my god that music video they never play this music video anymore and they're playing like a really fun song for the night There it is. 
<laughs> Pop That Coochie by Two Live Crew. <laughs> oh, that's I, a really fun, like, I just love the setup. It's like, look at what I did. And Seth Green's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And they walk in like, they never play this video anymore. And both of them just start like dancing and air humping. It's just... <laughs> 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 oh, it's good. And then uh, later, I mentioned the scene where Anton cuts his hand off using his buddy's severed head as a vice. But then what's really funny is he throws the hand in the microwave and like turns the microwave on it. It sort of like explodes and like there's blood and gore everywhere. And Anton just leaves it in the microwave. He's like, okay, he's trapped. He can't get out. He's stuck in the microwave. <laughs> then Anton like goes to do something and his stoner buddies like let the thing out so they can cook a burrito in that nasty ass bloody microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's funny is uh, I'm not sure who asked, but like they're like, should we clean it? And they're like, eh. They're like, <laughs> they're like, no, it's not our house. <laughs> um, but it reminds me of like my fucking coworkers. Like we have this like like company microwave, and it's disgusting. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I can't believe you people make your food in this. That's the worst when a microwave is like super gross and like shit all over it Ugh. yeah and so that i thought this scene was really funny it was like literally bloody and gory and they're too lazy to clean it and they put their micro they put their fucking microwavable burrito in it then they eat it that is a, that is a really good scene and that's when the and then it comes out of fulton's like neck yeah there's a bunch i mean i don't really the other two scenes you you have we have listed i i, I to be fair i didn't even finish this movie i had about 30 minutes left so i, and I didn't get to watch the like the payoff but um I do remember they, they, they hot by hotboxing the the hand was yeah that is really funny. There is I like it so. There's a couple of scenes in this movie that were shot like a backyard video you make with your high school buddies. Like literally, it was it was Devin Sawa with a with his own hand inside of a puppet, pretending to be an evil hand attacking himself, and it it looks pretty dumb. Like, it looks really fake. Like, that's obviously Devin Sawa doing that. There's a couple of times in this movie where, like, I can't believe they use that footage, but the movie's not very serious, so you just kind of forgive it. Yeah. Anyway, the puppet has this... It's this, this is dorky little, like, Mr. Rogers puppet that they put the the evil hand over, and it's got, like... A, it look, looks kind of like Beaker, maybe, from the Muppets. Uh-huh. And they get the hand inside the little puppet thing, and Anton, like takes this giant hit of, of weed off this homemade bong thing that they built. And he like blows it in the puppet fabric and then closes the end so that the hand just gets high as fuck in this little glove. And that's what incapacitates it enough, long enough to kill it. They kill it, you know, with the thing that they said was their downfall weed. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, I would, yeah, like I said, if you guys want to experience this movie and watch all these favorite scenes, go find it on Pluto TV. Well, let's get into the the this and that of uh, of the the movie. I wanted to actually point out at the we didn't mention this at the beginning, but like this movie was had a budget of twenty five million dollars, and it made a box office had a box office of four million. Um, I sadly read that. This movie, this movie got pulled after like two weeks of being in the theater, not because it was doing poor, but because of one of the worst school shootings in America's history of Columbine. And basically, the movie did not get played in Colorado at all. It just got pulled because 
of what was going on in America at the time because the movie was a high school movie and it just yeah it essentially just got pulled out of the theaters um so it was i get it that's so that probably largely impacts that box office total yeah exactly that's that's what i was reading i was just like why did this movie only make four million dollars i was like yeah "Uh." that seemed so low i was like really i thought everybody kind of likes this movie like i think it would have broke even at least shit yeah it Um, took a bath yeah they they really did but i i imagine they they've had to have made up some of that with like, well, they haven't made up seventeen million in fucking <laughs> DVD sales. DVD sales. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 was too bad. Um, but yeah, the let's get into the production history. Um, what do you know? So Adam? The, the the screenwriter duo is relatively unknown. A duo named Terry Hughes and Ron Milbauer. Who, other than this, they've only done like TV stuff. Mm. Like they're there are EPs on the show called the 100 and some show called warrior none and some other shows that I've never seen, but like, this is like their only like big credit. Like this is their, their one and only. Wow. So not they're TV writers. Yeah. I, sh- I just phrase it like that. I don't like, I'm a screenwriter and I, I seem to put things through that lens and I shouldn't, they're TV writers. They work on TV shows. It's a different breed. Mm-hmm. This is like their one feature. Yeah. Um, and then the director, Rodman Flinder, that's a name. And if you see a picture of this guy, you can see why his name is Rodman Flinder. Um, he directed Leprechaun 2, which was bad. And he did a ton of like horror theme TV shows in the 90s. Like if, if there's a horror theme TV show, he probably directed a couple episodes of it. Yeah, he uh, he's been around for a really long time uh, and he he went to Harvard Um he went to Harvard with Conan O'Brien, um, which I found out in my research. And like him and Conan O'Brien are actually pretty good uh, friends. And he's directed. He directed uh, his documentary, uh, Conan O'Brien's documentary, Can't Stop. But yeah, he's kind of he's been working on and off for like you know a really long time. Um, yeah, he's a good working director. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of credits, mostly TV, just like the writers. Exactly. So the other thing about this is that it had been. <laughs> There's a parody of it. Robot Chicken did a parody of it called uh, Idle Nuts. And I actually haven't seen this full parody. I only seen the clip, but uh, here it is. Mike, how much would it take for someone to run over your nuts? (laughs) Uh, Two million dollars. Done. (laughs) Now, I'm going to get the money, promise? (laughs) Of course, dude. You rule. I can do a nut transplant, but it'll cost exactly $2 million. Oh, man. Plus tax. Oh, man. Uh, that is, I, I actually want to go find it now because, like, I feel like it would, it's probably pretty, I mean, Robot Chicken is hilarious. I love the parodies they do and how they make fun of all, everything. Um, yeah, and, and Seth Green obviously involved in this movie, so he's totally, like, coming at this from the right angle. It just really works. Um, but apparently the, the, the nuts that he ends up getting transplanted are demon nuts too. And I, I really don't know the rest of it. I, I honestly don't know. So go find it. Uh, go find robot chicken. I think nuts. it's actually called dragon, nuts. dragon nuts. You're right. Dragon nuts. Yeah. I, we call it idle nuts, but it's <laughs> dragon. It's the same joke. It's an idle, it's an idle hands nut joke. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, we typically do a dumb shit drop. I, I don't, I don't know. We have to play it. I don't. I don't have a ton of dumb shit. I just think Jessica Alba's character was pretty flat. 
I think she could have been better. I think you're right about the making her a lyricist, trying to give her just a little bit of something, trying to show she had some substance other than just being a beauty. It They just didn't devote it to it really well. So it didn't feel like it mattered at all. Mm. But if they could have maybe just gone, that could have just been expanded just a little bit to make her character, just give her one other dimension just yeah. so she's not the slutty hot girl next door. Yeah. I have I, I mean that's that's a minor complaint. I have one major complaint about this movie and it it's I would say like I when I was watching it and I was like his hand gets and his hand is possessed. There is no lead into how his hand gets possessed. There's no setup to why it gets possessed. Uh yeah, there is. What what is it? Idle hands are the devil's playground. Yeah, but they don't he have had the but they don't show he had anything. The most idle, he had the most idle hands in the city. He got possessed. So that's it. Like, but there's nothing to ever like insinuate that other than that he's like it just comes out of nowhere too when he has like an idle hand. Like he's killed his parents, apparently. He's the biggest, laziest asshole in town, and so he got the evil hand. Gotcha. That's I mean, that's that's it. It's not deeper than that. Okay. Well, I feel like and that may not be good enough for you, but that that is the- I could have used this scene letting us know that, you know, his hand got possessed or something. I don't know. Some type was of it clear when his hand was killing people and out of his control. Yeah. I guess it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, Oh, his hands possessed. Who knew? All right. Why you? And I, it sounds like you have a pretty, uh, pretty cute story about, uh, about this movie, Adam. I, I, lo- I love, I love to hear this. It's not going to seem cute after you tell people it's cute. Now it's going to seem like lame, but <laughs> when my wife and I moved in together and we had, you know, when you move in with somebody, you merge your shit. Yeah. And like uh, sometimes you have stuff that overlaps like, oh, we have two toasters. We don't need two toasters. Well, when my wife and I merged our DVD collections, this was the only one that we both own. Like Jill and I's movie is Idle Hands. Like that, like we were both surprised that each other owned it. We both surprised each other liked it so much. And it was just, I don't know. It's like sort of like our little horror movie. Yeah, that's that's cute, Adam. Yeah, I so we, cute. when me and Abby merged our stuff together, the only thing that we owned that was the same was the entire collection of Mighty Ducks. Really? Uh, no. Oh. She actually had, like, that was one of my reasons I, like, really fell in love with Abby was when I met her. She had all the Mighty Ducks on VHS, and that really, that really impressed me. It made me realize that we were simpatico in terms of uh, uh, what type of movies we liked. We like watching bad 90s uh, sports movies. So With kids. With kids. In yeah, well, good. So you and you and your wife are watching Mighty Ducks two and three, and Jill and I are watching Idle Hands. Exactly. I mean, I'm not sure who's winning here, Adam. Be well, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I won't say it out loud. Okay. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> anything else you want? To, I mean, I, this was kind of a quick show, but there's, it's not an overly deep movie, and I I don't want to force it. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I, the only thing I would say is like, sh- I've actually heard that they that. They want to remake, not remake, do a sequel to this movie or do something with this movie with like Idle Foot. With, no, with like the same, like with the cast, because like most of this cast is still working um, and could do this movie again. I'm not sure what Devin Sawa is doing right now, but like he just did the new Chucky show. Oh, did he? Oh, okay, so he's doing this Chucky show, like, and like I know Jennifer Tilly is on my um, Twitter. I, I don't follow very many people on Twitter, but I follow Jennifer Tilly, and she's she's always talking about it. And Devin Sawa is like always with her, so. Um, I haven't I haven't started that show yet. I've heard it's okay. Yeah, I hear I hear I've heard good things about it. Um, yeah. I and I had one other thing I wanted to bring up. I wanted to ask you: Do you know 
the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie? I know it's really low. I know it's like lower than like 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly if I had to guess. I think it was somewhere like 13 to 17, maybe 15, something like that. It's like really low. Yeah, it's really it's it's 15%, which is super, super low for a movie. And I honestly don't think it's, I, I think that's, that's that's mean. Like that, I don't yeah, think it deserves I, I don't that. Get it? That's that seems really harsh for this movie. I like what's so bad about this movie. I mean, yeah, it's just like teen comedy, but like shit, it's a good one. Yeah, it's. I mean, I would say it's better than a lot of teen comedies. I would say like yeah, there's so many teen comedies that are awful. They're not funny at all, but they have some stupid love story in them. This and I would say like this. This movie shares doesn't share anything with Can't Hardly Wait, but like Can't Hardly Wait was is bad. Like it's not a good. I do not like that movie that well. No, can't hardly wait. Sucks. Never been kissed. Sucks. Yeah, but like this was. You know, she's all good. that sucks. Uh, she's all that does suck. But yeah, so I would say that. I would also say like they could remake this, but they shouldn't. I mean, I don't really oh, think they no need, need to. There is a good. There is a cult, good cult following with this movie. Like people, people our age who have seen it speak highly of it, or you know, kind of say like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. That was a. That was a. Uh, that was a fun movie. That's what exactly you want to watch this movie. If you want to go sit on your couch and watch this movie, you're in your in for an 90 minutes, which is a, you know, which we bring up a lot on the show. It's a yes, good, it's a 90 minute movie and it's, it's fun. It's fun. I think that's the underline of idle hands. This is a fun movie. It's not deep. It's not like particularly well-made. It doesn't have some big message. It's fun. It's funny. It has fun characters. They do interesting shit. The hand is, is weird and it does crazy stuff. Fucking the offspring guy shows up at the school dance and gets beheaded. Like it's it's fun, weird, cool shit going on. I it's hard it's hard for me to envision somebody watching this movie and not having like a good time. Yeah. So yeah. the the bad box office, partially explained by what you said, plus the r- low rotten tomato score is always it perplexes me. Yeah. Well, luckily back then in the day, the, people weren't really looking at critic reviews and 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 obviously it happened this happened at a really bad time like uh, if this movie came out today like in the same like scenario the i imagine whoever was making this movie would be like you know what we're just gonna wait to put this movie out in october when it should have came out i never understand why horror movies come out in april but you you know better than i do why that happens because of well the studio studios the studios get to the side and they've got they've got more than one horse in the race right yeah and they don't want to pin their horses against each other so if that studio had something else they might want to put out in october like that that's that's the likeliest scenario Mm, i think gotcha so so anyway if you guys were a fan of idle hands or the super 90s brothers you can give us those awesome five-star reviews on itunes apple music you can email us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out. Interact with us. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're great. Tell Brennan his hair needs to go back to blue. Whatever you want to say. At Super90sBrothers on Twitter. At Spocast Pods is Brennan's podcast company that he's kicking ass in. www.adampitzler.com is where you can check out my work, my short films, my screenplays, shit like that if you think I'm funny. For Brennan Pointer. I am Adam J. Pitzler, and this has been another hand-wringing episode of Super 90s Bros, Idle Hand Style. And remember, if Jessica Alba is your neighbor, hit it. Peace.